Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. Reverend Grant Bumo is an educational consultant based in London. He's an author, he's a pastor, and he's a founder of New Genics. He joins me tonight for a discussion that will bring great relief to me. Grant, let's talk about the essence. How important is the outside classroom experience for the child's development? Um, when we talk of education, education is not something that just happens to a child within a certain confined environment, i.e. school, college, university, nursery, crash. It's about all the various components that contribute to the full development of the child's potential. And before I come to your question, I would like to paint a very bright picture about education and raising up children. Um, School plays a very key role because they spend most of their time in schools. Now, before formal school started years ago, um, children were educated at home. That's how can we have the term alma mater. And alma mater means my other mother. So the first mother who nurtured a child was your biological mother. He nurtured you at home, and when they sent you to school, the idea was go and continue with your mothering session with the other mother. But over time, it looks as if um, the home has tipped off the responsibility to former school rather than it being a partnership. Now, outside the former school building, Parents do have a responsibility to give a lot of contact moments to the child, um, and that could include cultural capital. Um, that's where children grow up in manners, in ethics, and all that. And they also have opportunity of gaining um, environmental capital, knowing their environment, because these are the things that the teachers then draw out and put in a structured knowledge form. So you realize that a child who probably gets the opportunity to travel abroad, goes on occasion, excursion to Kakum and different places, now can apply the knowledge he or she has acquired in a classroom in a practical situation and it makes sense and more relevant to that child. Whereas a child who never has the op- uh, exposure and never had the cultural capital, environmental capital, and all the interpersonal opportunities in life outside the classroom is limited and everything seems to be theoretical. Right? So, yeah, so there are quite a lot of things um, that, that goes into education of the children. So, if I understand you, right, what you're saying is that a child who gets to play with other children, the child who gets to go to Sunday school, the child who gets to go on an excursion, mm-hmm. has a more rounded education than a child who literally relies only on classroom education. What would you say to parents who say, in the cosmopolitan, traffic infested, high octane, corporate environment where the parent leaves at 5.30 to work with a child driving and and feeding the child in in the car comes home at 8 p.m. through the traffic. There's so little time to add value. What would you say to the parent who who gives you that kind of complaint? I do understand. Um, 
in with with the with the current development and um, corporate world calling for attention and more hours and everything, you also need to work hard to get money to pay for school fees. But here, it's not just about the quantity of time or presence around a child, but it's about the quality. How deep and 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 rich is the opportunity you give to the child? So for me, I will say. Um, Learning happens everywhere. The weekend, whilst you're on a walk with a child, wherever you go, it's an opportunity to really apply some of the things that the child learns. For example, if you're a mother and you weekend you've got your daughter or your son with you in the kitchen, the milk tin is full of mathematics. Comparing how much liquid or fluid is in the milk tin to what is in the other thing. So there's a lot of mathematics that takes place in the kitchen in the supermarket, as you go around, there's an opportunity to interact and compare weights and also look at prices. You can do uh, um, a subtraction, looking at change. If I had 20 Ghana City and I buy something for 13 Ghana City, 50%, what? So, so there's quite a lot of application making this content in a classroom more functional. So in our daily life, we tend to have a lot of missed opportunity. Right. And those missed opportunity leaves gaps in the children's mind. And then the child, the teacher expects that parents would pick up some of the theories and apply them at home. How be it, whether it is weekend or Sunday or whatever it is, is very key. For example, I'll give an example. Um, back in London, I, I used to drive my, my son to school, my two boys to school, and it takes me 10 minutes from home to school even factoring in traffic. Now, 10 minutes in, 10 minutes out is 20 minutes. That over five days times five, that gives me 100 minutes of learning opportunity, window of opportunity that I can do spellings with my child. Now, multiply that over 12 weeks of schooling and tells you how much your child will benefit if you went over spelling, you went on times table, whilst you are engaging with your child. But what do we do? We tend to rather engage with our phone, speak to our colleagues on phone, and all the sort of things we do, listen to news, listen to that, while the child is bored. And is the child's future that is being lost. Wow. Wow, I can imagine that a parent is sitting down saying, As for this, I'm guilty. I can tell you this that when you said 10 minutes, I smiled broadly because I, 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 I will presume that many parents have a bit more than 10 minutes. I mean, the typical parent has a, probably an hour going to drop the child in school and an hour back. And sometimes, well, somebody else may do the picking, but you at least have an hour in traffic with the child. And so you're saying that if you got that educational CD, you could be playing it in the in the car and interacting with the child over the content of the CD. You could have a discussion with the child. It takes some commitment, doesn't it? It, it definitely takes some commitment. And you, you have to develop the child's speaking and listening skills. Um, helping the child take turns. So all those elements are needed. For example, if I ask my child a question, I give him time to talk. Right. After I finish talking, then I come. I don't. I don't interject. Right. I'm really building in him ability to take turns, which is needed in the future when he's engaging with people. Right. You know. So those elements. It takes commitment. It takes really consciously making an effort. And that goes into, but to the point, with my personal philosophy, that children don't fail in life. Right. It's parents and schools and teachers who fail children. Wow. That's my personal It's your personal conviction. Yeah. The parents, children don't fail in life. No. 
what are we what, what are we doing wrongly? Children, for example, listen to this. Um, I have various d- d- philosophies in, in, uh, for education or in education. I believe that um, when you take your child to school, you go in and the school is like an educational supermarket. Right. You're going to buy education, right? You pay your money in advance. So, f- for example, if you, your child is going to be in there for four years, you put in, let's say, $20,000 for four years. What you're saying is, School, I'm coming to buy a product. My basket and my container is my child. What I'm buying is successful admission into university in the next four years. What I'm buying is increased life chance after university or after secondary school. Here is my child. Now, the institution we call school now employs teachers who are like supermarket attendants and sales officers who need to use the process of teaching and learning to now transfer the goods that this parent has come to buy, which is knowledge, wisdom, life skills, um, um, uh, analytical um, thinking, collaborative learners, and independent skills. All that is supposed are supposed to be uh, transferred into into this child. Now, parent comes at the end of the conveyor belt, four years comes to the tail. To take their goods after four years, and they say, "Well, mom, the container you brought to carry your stuff was leaking, so anything we put in there couldn't enter." Now, I want to say that the school for four years have failed that child because that child had potential, had ability, but some teachers did not take it as on take it upon themselves to develop and research and think about. How do I teach this child to maximize and optimize their potential? And parents were also not responsible enough to monitor and also follow up and see that the basket they brought in to receive the product, which is education, was either capable of holding the knowledge or not. So we see a lot of banter going on. Parents are saying teachers are not doing their work well. Teachers are saying parents are not allowing them to do the work well. Where I supposed to be a, a, a home school relationship and all of us working together to ensure that the expectation in the classroom is still the same expectation at home. So there's consistency, but one is not against the other. So the children now see the disagreement between home and school and then begin to find the loopway to either become lazy, like and walk in their own way because there's no expectation because he knows that when he lies to the mom, mom will, will support her or him against the teacher and the teacher will lose their, their impetus and their force to actually raise up the child the way he should go. Now remember the scripture you called, quoted earlier on the Bible says that we should train up a child the way he should go, not the way we want the child to go. That means first of all we must capture the way he should go. The destination has to be conceptualized. We need to have a fair view of where the child has to go and now forming the child to get to that destination. But Grant, when you use the analogy about pricing of education or, or, or when you use the analogy about buying education, it brought my mind to the competition to send your children to the very highest priced schools. I mean, 
growing up, you could go to experimental, you could go to primary. I've hosted very, very notable achievers who went to, I mean, I had a very, very significant CEO who sat in this studio and said, I went to St. Pete Boys, and then Jabesh Ibizata said he went to primary school somewhere in, and, and, and there's several such stories. Now, the argument is that, listen, today you can't send your children to those so, I mean, and this is just a, a, a feeling around town that if you want a child to compete in the economic marketplace, you can't send them to a certain category of school. So everybody's pushing to send their children to highly prized private schools. Is that a guarantee of quality? Um, I was talking to a group of people last week and my take on this, and I, I was talking about this stuff and and they were worried they were worried about the fact that they don't have the cream of gss students and so um, they don't turn out well they don't get a number of a stars that they want and so people are not attracted to them and i told them you know what i think that one of the things that this country an educational ministry or the educational sector needs to look at is diagnostic analysis of exam results right which school is adding value to right. the child right not how many a stars have we got right because if a school takes children who are potential a's right translate them into a stars and another child in Sav- teacher in savlugu takes a child who comes in with g capacity and transform them into c's he has done so much well Right. And that child or that school, that teacher or that school needs to be appreciated. And if the system we have here in this country can actually analyze and calculate value added upon a child over a period of time, we will know which schools are doing well. Because most of the high schools, all the big, big schools, I don't want to mention names now, um, they probably have got rich parents who tend to have extra classes. So in actual fact, it's not a school that is doing the work anyway. It's not the teachers who are doing the work anyway. There's a home teacher coming in every now and then and is teaching the child and is actually taking the child through extra classes and interventions. And that is helping the child to get a star. But then the child in the village is an independent learner, cracking it out based on the limited resources they have and I will say that school is an achieving school, whereas this one that just takes A to A star is not that much an achieving school. Supervision is key, I suspect. Very important. Monitoring. Let's talk about confidence. Yes. What, what role does confidence play in the child's development or the child's opportunities beyond, I mean, when they, when, they, when they finish school, as they pursue their careers, as they go to the higher level, what role does confidence, the child's confidence play? Um, very key. It's about raising up children who can be independent, astute, work on their own. Assertive. Assertive. Right. And without that, they will still be dependent on on services, on parents, on different structures. Hold on for a second. Let me play you back. We had the opportunity to host 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds in the studio exactly a year ago, exactly a year ago this weekend, Mm -hmm. right here in the studio. 
um, Joy 99.7, I think it was the 2nd of September, is, is, is about next week, a year, a year to next week, we had the opportunity to host the products of teenpreneurship 2012 in the studio last year. And these were 12 to 15-year-olds. They had just finished a business plan competition. 20 different virtual companies set up within the one week that they were in the non-residential um, camp meeting, as you may want to call it, that conference. And it's just amazing to just note what these children were able to do. And I just want to play excerpts of their presentations. They had the, they transported the contest of the business plans right here on air. And it's a mixture of students from public schools, private schools. Let's let's take a listen. Joy ninety nine point seven FM. We are from Relief Pediatric Center, and apart from providing medical services to children, we produce drugs such as Quick Relief Syrup and Amoxiclove. It may interest you to know that we came out with ORS and the zinc tablets to help cure diarrhea. Well, our main competitor right now is the Princess Marie-Louis Hospital. That also strives really hard to provide the best health care to patients. However, unlike Unlike us, they do not produce drugs. The reason why we are essential, why we are important, is that we offer moderate, affordable, quality, and immediate care to all without discrimination. We take it upon ourselves to pay part of the bills for children, taking treatments for cancer, and we organize a monthly awareness work educating people on killer diseases. In subsequent years, we will record a 12% profit, and as the years go by, we expect a marginal increase in our profits. We project a 17.6% profit in four years. For the first year, we project to make about $5 billion, because um, our main um, revenue will come from the making of the oil drilling rigs, because they cost about $300 million to make one, and if we sell about three in and adding from our oil refiners and our engineers spare parts, we expect to make about $5 billion. We're a social networking company which is dedicated to offering unique services for teenagers. And some of our services are video call, which we prefer to call face-to-face talk. We also have teams, that's teams instant messages. That's instant messaging. And here's the catch. The number of instant messages you send in a day actually attract free internet bandwidth. And we also have free voice calls. Now, what makes us different from others is that we have a lounge which users can meet at and interact. So the friends that you make on the site, you can meet up with them and get to know each other some more. What makes us different is that we have a common page where all users can share their experiences. We are looking for $20 million for adverts and operations. And if you invest this $20 million into our business, at the end of the third year, you are going to get your money back. It's guaranteed. You're going to get your money back. But then even after the third year, instead of receiving 33% profit, you're going to get back 35% of our shares. These are 12 to 18-year-old children learning about business plans, learning about financial analysis, learning about marketing plans, advertising, unique selling proposition, and most importantly, the confidence to put out your ideas, even if nobody else believes in them. And they were making a sales pitch to a group of investors to come and invest in their business. And they were calling $5 billion, $20 million with, with ease. I don't think I used to call these figures when I was growing up. Your thoughts? I'm thrilled um, and, and really impressed. 
um, we have to understand that in every child lies all that the child needs to grow into. It takes stimulus and people and experiences like the teenpreneurship and all that you guys do outside the classroom to draw that out. Now, what you just did, a kinesthetic learner, you see, we've got three types of learners, visual learners, those who learn by the visuals, and audio learners, those who learn by listening, and then the kinesthetic or tactile learners, those who learn by being involved. So if they have an experience, which is just one way, like we used to sit and the teacher talk, 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 one direction communication, then you are stifling all the capacity and the potential of other children who probably want to be involved, practical. So you will see people, for example, I was in an interview and where Azima Nelson was seated just by me and I was seeing this gentleman here who's become a super heavyweight um, a featherweight champion and super featherweight champion used the physics. He used mathematics, angles, and because without those skills, you cannot be such a champion like him. All those elements of physics, mathematics, everything was with him. Force and everything was within him, but he never had opportunity for a creative teacher who could see beyond the classroom to bring that out. And there are many people like that. If we don't give them opportunity, they are dropped out, become criminals, they become all sort of things. And I'm really thrilled. Now, you see, in, the, in, the, in yesterday, let me speak in parables here. Yesterday or years ago, teaching was dictated. Right. Now, today, it is socially constructed. And tomorrow, it will be contextually reinvented. Mm. It will be based on what is, what no, is around. No, no, round up, I mean, again, yesterday, teaching was dictated. Today, it is socially constructed. Within a social level. So children are learning on Facebook. They are learning everywhere. And they are learning through all kinds of gadgets and technology. And I wonder how many parents or teachers have even played any computer game before. So the te- children are in the world of themselves. And the people who are training them, leading them, are never in their world. And you cannot transform any child if you're not in the world. I, I have um, a subjective analysis that about 95% of teachers in Africa, probably in Ghana to start with, um, failed to achieve their immediate interest or goal. They wanted to go to Legon. They didn't get admission to Legon, so they ended up by being a training college. Now, this is what really touches my heart. If 95% of our teachers, a subjective figure, right, failed to achieve their dream and then teaching was an option how can we the nation entrust future pilots into their hands future administrators into their hands future uh, business entrepreneurs into their hands future creative people or lawyers and medical doctors into their hands now if that is the case we need to raise up the value of our caring teachers Give them the tools they need to do what they do to raise up their profile to match with global standards. I read something that Barack Obama said some time ago, and he said, Our future is on the line. The nation that out-educates us today is, is going to out-compete us tomorrow. 
And I'm, sure, is, I'm sure he was indirectly referring to China, but no comment about that one. Now, but yes, but you're talking about America still not sure of their educational standard, right. but right. we are looking up to them. Right. We're talking about Britain, always evolving, their agency evolving. Now, back in the UK, they will go to the university and recruit first-class graduates in maths, in chemistry, in English, in science, bring them to the classroom, pay them very well, and fast-track them into school leadership so that they will impact on these children. Such initiatives are definitely needed and required to attract people into teaching, not people who did not end in their dis- dis- um and probably what your preferred places. You loved teaching all your life. You went to Kivas. You knew you were going to be a teacher. I, I, I didn't. I, it was. I, I didn't get to go to Legon to do administration. So I went to Kivas. <laughs> so, so, so did you become a teacher by default? Um, I. I. It was kind of. But 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 you have gone on to become a head teacher in the UK. You've you, you've excelled in teaching. So why? Why, why, why not? I convinced myself. I discovered myself. I realized that wow, it is almost like accidental. But if such teachers don't immediately recover and reflect and look at their skills and see, wow, um, in actual fact, it is like accident, but it's not an accident. All things work together for my good. It was a direction to really get myself reoriented towards a destiny. And they are frustrated and angry. They will never raise up the champion in children we have been contact with you. A frustrated vessel can never save fresh water. Tell me, what percentage of of learning is retained in different situations, just for the benefit of our listeners, so that we can see whether we are doing well or we are lost? I hope I still remember my percentages, but I generally, generally, um, yes, we talked about um, when you hear there's a certain percentage you retain. So let's say when you are present in an environment and you just listen to a person, you retain about 10 to 20 percent, let's say, for, for argument's sake. And then when you go back and you read what you learned or watch it on a video, you retain a higher percentage. And then when you teach someone or you are involved in the teaching and learning process yourself, which is now what we do. Yesterday, teachers spoke to students, teacher to student. Today, it is teacher to student, student to student. Tomorrow, it will be teacher to student, student to student, and then student back to the teacher. Right. So that is where we are heading to. So when we encourage children to get involved in the explanation and in talking, then we retain a higher rate. Right. So you're saying that when we reinvent our procedure for teaching and communication and get the children not just to hear, as was done yesterday, the dictation, but get them to hear, to read, to watch on video, and then move beyond that to actually participate, interact, make presentations, and engage each other, it moves the learning and understanding to a higher level. level Grant. Closing thoughts after this very heated discussion. Some parents are sitting at home saying, Charlie, this man, he has come to really stare the waters. What do I do next? How do I get help? Yeah. I would say get interested in your children's world and also support your child's um, teacher. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Arbet and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on 
plus two three three two four nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to Amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,